You're listening to the Inspire Excellence Podcast, recorded at the BVA headquarters with your hosts, Kevin Miller and Tommy Alquist. Each episode is focused on shedding new light on different perspectives to create dialogue that inspires excellence. And welcome to the Inspire Excellence Podcast. Tommy Alquist, Kevin Miller. And, you know, I, I don't know really how we can define our next guest, Tommy. I'll tell you how we can define him. One of the coolest dudes on the planet, man. And he's going to be, uh, I wanted to have him on for a while. I'm lucky enough that uh, Corey Hall, a former uh, BSU standout, uh, we'll get into that, former Green Bay Packer, uh, caught Aaron Rodgers' first touchdown pass, uh, but now uh, very, very successful in the business world and happens to work here at BBA. And so I get to see this guy every day. So, But uh, we wanted to have him on for a while to talk about a lot of things. I'm really excited, Corey. Thanks for being on today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Well, I, I, I got to pass it back to you, Tommy. So, uh, why do we start with you? I can we start somewhere? Anytime I'm around someone like you, I, I get to see uh, Corey's work ethic every single day. I get to see the way he treats people. I get to see the way he does business. We couldn't be more happy. It's exactly what we like to have here because you know you're around people like Corey. It makes you better, right? So I would love to little, know a little bit more of the story uh, growing up in Glens Ferry. Tell us a little bit about what that was like, uh, your past. Uh, tell us about your family growing up and what drove you to become an athlete, become who you are, and, and, and just a little bit about your past. So Glens Ferry, and I'm sure a lot of people have been there, but it's the second biggest city in Idaho. Um, there's about 1,100 people there. And <laughs> it's a small farming community, our east of Boise. And um, I grew up, I have two older sisters. And um, so we grew up on a small farm there north of town. And um, <clears throat> I think it's that's probably um, just Tommy mentioned the work ethic part of it. Um, growing up, you know, we didn't didn't really watch a lot of TV or have a bunch of video games, stuff like that. It was, we were always outside and, and helping my parents do stuff. And we all had chores. And I remember, I think I was like in third grade and me and my sisters moved hand lines all summer, twice a day. It was as far as entering the workforce, I'd pretty much do anything besides that. So <laughs> it definitely, you definitely uh, build up a good work ethic. And I, I think my parents, um, it made a really big impression on all of us kids, uh, you know, with that aspect. But uh, I think just kind of um, all my travels from from then until you know, getting into sports at Glens Ferry and, and kind of all the way through collegiate sports and, and um, getting a degree in college and, and playing pro ball and then and then kind of coming to the workforce and and essentially starting at ground zero. I think. You know, it's not just one thing that builds a work ethic. I think I think it's the the drive to want to be good at whatever you're doing, and and along the way, you know, you you learn how to work hard, and and I think you know, no matter what it is, you kind of take that mentality to um, all parts of your life, and um, I that's what I try to do. And um, you know, there's there's days when I wake up and and. I'm not feeling it, but there's other day, you know, a lot of the time, um, you know, I like to get up and, and get after it. Sure. Is that, um, how would you would define living every American boy's dream, except those who want to go to the NBA, um, <laughs> you know, from our days of playing with Nerf footballs 
um, from Glens Ferry to the NFL. Um, how did you, uh, you know, and now starting over, being successful, what's the consistent force in your life? Is it the work ethic? Um, yeah, I, I think work ethic has a lot to do with it, but I've always been really competitive. I, I think uh, competition is, you know, as, as far as my strengths, it's probably one of my top strengths, just, you know, going into uh, whether it's playing football or, or academics or I still need some work on the ping pong table here. I figured out <laughs> showing up at BVAs. <laughs> pretty good ping pong players, but um, <laughs> can tell how pretty, pretty competitive too, yeah. right? <laughs> so, um, but uh, you know, no matter what I'm doing, I, I feel like competition is you know, growing up at our house, for instance, a small example, like you beat my mom at cards, and she's she's angry at you like so it, it's through all of our family like you know we always play in board games and, and cards and stuff like that our whole family's pretty competitive that way right so. can i ask you a question about so so if you look at i've been around you a little bit now your your forearms are like most people's thighs so i don't know if that's moving all those lines of irrigation or what but at what point because you're glenn's ferry right so you're i don't know what division of high school, that is, is it's it, really small division, but super small <laughs> division, right? I mean, but but you play for the football team there. You obviously excelled there at that level. Tell us about your journey to Division One football, which is already a huge leap from. First of all, you're Idaho. Now you're mm-hmm. Glens Ferry, and you've been blessed with some God-given gifts and talents and a body that's strong and ready to go. But how much of it was work? How much was it just kind of was there? And and at what point did you think? I think I might be able to make it. I mean, I think we just watched Vander Esch with, you know, here we are Riggins to the Cowboys, but mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're the guy from Glens Ferry to, you know, the Green Bay Packers. So at what point did you think in your mind, or did you always think I've got what it takes to play in the NFL? Or is that something that came later? I, it was something that came later um, early on. Like I just, I love playing sports and football, basketball. I wrestled a couple of years and, ran track and, um, you know, I, I didn't play, um, like organized football until seventh grade. Like I, I didn't do the optimist or anything like that. And, um, I always loved to play, but, um, actually my dad didn't want me to play and he didn't, he doesn't believe that like kids, uh, bodies are developed enough to, you know, until you get into like the teenage years that, um, to start playing contact sports and which I think, um, in hindsight, it was kind of a blessing in disguise for me cause just cause when I did finally get a play, it was like, finally, you know, now I get it, you know, cause all my buddies went through Optimus and all that. So, um, I, I think as, as far as coming from Glens Ferry, it's a really small town and, um, we had a, a good group of families there. Um, and my class had a good group of kids that were, you know, really into athletics and, um, one of the coaches, uh, Bill Brock, he's uh, actually at Middleton now. He coaches football out there. But um, I remember we were in seventh grade, and he would get up every morning. We'd get, we had a group of guys, and we would go in and lift weights before school. And so, like, 6.30 in the morning, we, and we we were there all the time. And that was kind of the start to figuring out what it took to be good at sports. Like, you know, after I remember after that first year, you show up, and, like, I'm a little bigger than everybody and a little stronger than everybody. And... And you realize, you know, the hard work is what makes you better. And, and there's, you know, I think to an extent, 
people are kind of born who they are. You know, there's people are taller than other people. And some people are born and they're just fast. And some other people have to work really, really hard to be fast. And I, I think I'm somebody that um, I had decent athletic ability, but definitely put in a lot of hard work to um, early on to get uh, to BSU and then on further than that. But um, I, I think as far as being from a small town, it's crazy when you get to a level like the, like when you're at the Packers locker room and it, everybody comes from somewhere and you'd be surprised how many small town kids there are that, you know, Jordy Nelson from a small town in Kansas. And, and uh, I'm trying to think of, like, like you said, you know, Boise state players that are coming out of Fruitland and Riggins and, and those types of places. I mean, everybody has their story and um, I think it's just, about putting in the work and and trying to be the best you can at whatever sport you're doing. Corey, what's it, um, you know, most of us work nine to five or put in 12 hours, but could you take us through a typical NFL work day? Um, it's, it kind of depends during the season. Um, you got to be a boy dog to be an NFL football player. The off season, pretty easy going. You, right. you know, <laughs> you, um, during the season, like it's like a typical week. You you play the game on Sunday, right? And usually after the game, you come in and and Mondays are like a half day. You come in and work out and, and watch the game tape and, and make corrections. And then Tuesday's your day off. Um, and then Wednesday is when it really kind of starts all over again. You have so it's like a. a 6.30 a.m. workout, then a morning meeting, and then you break into position meetings, and then you'll have a couple-hour practice, two-and-a-half-hour practice, then lunch, and then you watch more tape of that practice in the afternoon, and they would usually cut us out of there by like 4 o'clock or so. But by that time, you're pretty worn down mentally and physically. And it, the thing about the NFL is it's – and even college, you know, it's, it's not that, you know, any person off the street could, you know, that – that works out regularly could go through an NFL practice and or an NFL day at work or, or even college for that instance. But, uh, I think it's being able to do it every day, day in, day out and be good at it and be consistent. And there's, there's a lot more than just, yeah, I made it a day. It's, you know, like NFL training camp, you made it a day and you have two more weeks. And it starts to wear on you and mentally probably more than anything. So and that was I, back in the day when they had double <laughs> sessions, right? Yeah. And I, I think just with a lot of the new rules and regulations, it sounds like training camp is, has really eased up a little bit, but which has kind of been the case ever since I was in high school, we went from, I remember my freshman year of high school, we went from three a days to, and then two a days. And then it's, you can only have a two day every other day. And so I, I think a lot of it is, is um, driven by, keeping players safe and and healthy and that type of stuff but um it's definitely gotten easier i think training camp has gotten easier all the way around but i'm gonna probably be all over with questions but you made me think of something when, when you go from boise state to the nfl and you change positions maybe talk a little bit about yeah. that you often hear people talk about the speed of the game mm -hmm. being different did you did you notice that that uh, just i mean the level of athlete the speed the strength and then just the quickness of the game. Tell us a little bit about that. I, I think for me, it, it changed at every level. Um, you know, coming out of uh, Glens Ferry, 
you know, by the time I was a senior at Glens Ferry and I was just cause we were such a small school and, and there's, you just don't get like even the caliber of high school athletes that you get up here in Boise and, and some of the, the five, a schools up here and, and around the state. And so kind of a small pond type of situation for me and, and Hey, I'm pretty good. And I got a scholarship and, and I get off the bus at Boise state and it was a humbling experience for me because <laughs> I'm, I'm no longer the, one of the better kids on the team. I'm, I'm lucky to be on the team and <clears throat> just basically starting at ground zero again. And, um, just kind of kept my head down. I redshirted my, my first year at BSU and, um, was able to kind of get in rhythm with things and, and start to get some, some reps in and, and working hard in the weight room and, and a lot of running and, and trying to stay in shape that way. But, um, and then the next year when I was actually a, a redshirt freshman that I was, had a chance to start, um, that's when, I really started getting some serious playing time and like in camp and the game was just, it moves so fast. But then after you become a smarter player, everything starts to slow down for you. And, um, I, I think definitely for me, it clicked probably like halfway through, uh, my freshman season. I was, I started as a freshman and, um, until about halfway, I, I remember like one of the games where finally it was just like, now I get it. And so once that, once you reach that point and, and you can focus on the things that help the game slow down for you, I, I think, um, it, it's definitely an advantage. Um, and then as a linebacker, really, by the time I got to be a senior, um, I got to where I felt a lot more comfortable at my position and, and the game, like I kind of could see things happening before they happen. You see people going in motion and, and from watching a lot of tape, you, you can see, you know, tendencies and all right, it's, it's third down and they're in eye formation. And you know, the, the odds are they're probably going to run these two plays one or the other. And so when you can get to a point where you're starting to think about stuff like that, instead of where do I line up, then it's a lot easier to make plays. Um, and then <clears throat> go into the NFL was kind of a whole nother experience. It's, there was, there was a couple things there for me. It was, it was, you're going to a whole another level of, or caliber of football. And then also switching positions was really tough for me. But, um, I, I think as far as the, the caliber of players, you just think about if you take the, you know, there's, I think there's like 1600 active roster players in the NFL and you figured the, the one or two or three top players on, on the best college teams in the country that are getting hand selected to go be part of that group of people. And, and you no longer have, you know, a, a great, two great linebackers and a, and a, okay, our corner, you know, he, he's, he's okay. Like everybody on the field is the best at what they do on every team. And so that's, that's part, it takes some getting used to, you know, like in high school and college, you run down on kickoff and, and I'm going to the ball and I'm going as fast as I can in the NFL, you run down on kickoff and you watch where you're going because <laughs> <laughs> somebody might pull your card. So wow. <laughs> there's just, there's just differences, but yeah. You know, back to Tommy's point, uh, one of the best business books that uh, the people in lifestyle books who moved the cheese or moving the, is, who moved the, some of who the moved, cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Who moved my cheese or something like that. How did you go 
at, you know, you're going from BSU linebacker, changing positions, uh, this most storied NFL franchise where most of us would say, well, this is what I know. This is who I am. And you're doing it at the highest levels. And, you know, you've got your head on a swivel. Um, it, it was kind of the same. I think at that point, I, I had went through that experience a couple of times where you, you kind of show up first day and it's like, wow, how am I going to make this team? That guy's way better than me. That guy's way better than me. And, and you reach a point where don't look around, just keep your head down, work hard, do what the coaches tell you to do and try to be the best football player you can be. And, and when the smoke clears, you're either going to be part of a team and help contribute or they're going to make the cuts and, and you have to figure something else out. And that's, that's the mindset. You can't, you can't be worried all the time about, Oh, if you know, am I going to get cut or you have to focus on your job, your responsibility and how you can effectively help the team. I, you know, it's, I think about that a lot, you know, coming into BVA, you know, first day on the ground, don't know exactly what my role is going to be. I have an idea, but what you, what, um, starts to be really similar and real familiar is we have a group of guys here that, that they kind of come from all different pieces of business and, you know, from medical and construction and leasing and banking. And, but they're all part of this thing that's bigger than every one person. And, but we have a, a pretty awesome team here. And I think it's really similar. And when you get on, really special teams like you know like the year we won the super bowl with the packers or or bsu when we won the fiesta bowl you know we have guys that are the best at their positions we have coaches that are kind of bringing this whole thing together and and no one person could do like i can't do what tommy does and holt can't do what i do but together we're bba and we're building some pretty cool stuff and so i think that's that's something um for me that when you, when you start to pick that up, it, uh, it you kind of learn how to be a team member and it's, it's not necessarily, I don't have to throw the ball, catch the ball, kick the ball. I have to be the best fullback I can be and know my responsibility every play and try to get my job done and trust in the plan and that it's all going to work out the way we planned it to work out. It's awesome. Uh, I, I love, I love that, that team thing. And, and certainly that's, it, it's, it's strategy, it's planning, and then it's execution and it's being part of something bigger than mm -hmm. yourself. I'm, I'm going to change the subject a little bit just because I've been dying to ask you this question and purposefully haven't asked you till today because I can't wait to get <laughs> you on this. Mike McCarthy or Aaron Rodgers? A lot of, oh, a lot of controversy <laughs> coming up, you know, recently. Uh, what was it like? Uh, you were there with with uh, with Aaron. You see them kind of coming out now about all of the behind the scenes conflict that they had. Mm -hmm. Give us a little glimpse into those egos, maybe the relationships, because I'm sure there's always that between great players and kind of the the quarterback on football teams. And what did you see? And how how what's your take on what what's out there? You know that's that's a tough one for me. Obviously, it's been all over the media. Uh, I have a lot of respect for both of them. Uh, you know, when I was there and the time I spent with McCarthy, um, he's a great guy. Um, I thought he was a great head coach. Um, obviously can't say anything bad about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, he, he has the tools to potentially be maybe the best or, or the, 
top three best quarterbacks ever. And it's, it's unfortunate that they couldn't figure out a way to coexist. Um, you know, even when I was there, I think before the Super Bowl, neither one of them were big enough to, to finally say me or him type <laughs> of situation. And I, th- I think that's where it got finally. But I, I, I think the root of it is probably and and rightfully so i mean aaron rodgers has maybe one of the best arms ever and he wants to throw the ball and he wants to be aggressive and and i think mike mccarthy's a little more like old school uh, grew up in pittsburgh once you know he wants to be the the smash mouth run it up the middle football team and and the reality is maybe the two of them just don't i mean they they just don't belong on the same team like you know cuz cuz aaron's a, i mean he wants to run the, the West Coast, spread them out, run and gun, no huddle offense. And and they're just – and Mike wants to do it different. But I, don't, I just don't think they're built that way. You know, they, they're built to go five wide and, and throw the ball and, and, you know, and, and play that game. And, and a lot of people do pretty well um, when, when they figure that game out. The, the one downfall of, of – uh, that strategy in football is when you get into the playoffs and you have to travel late in the year. Like, like I played for the saints for a year and you know, they used to say we're, we're the best show on turf and they would run, spread you out. Drew Brees could, you know, he, he throws out routes on third and one, like their quarterback sneaking it, you know, the, his percentage completion is really high. And, but I, I don't think that they're a team that would be, very tough if they had to go play outdoors in Chicago in the first week of January in the playoffs. And that's kind of the risk you take. I mean, I mean, those are the things that decide games in the NFL is, is location. Sometimes like the teams are, they're faster and better on turf. And some teams are, are made to be out on grass in three inches of snow and running the ball three yards at a time up and down the field. So um, I guess back to the, the Aaron and, and McCarthy, you've been running out the clock on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, there's, it's hard because I, I have so many different thoughts on it. It's, it's a tough one for me to answer because I can't say bad things about That's either one of them. Besides, they just, I just don't think that they can coexist. That's awesome. Uh, you know, there are so many fans of the Green Bay Packers, if not the most beloved, one of the most beloved teams in the NFL. Uh, two quick questions: What is Lambeau Field, Green Bay, like to live in? And what was it like for you as an individual, your first check, and it said Green Bay Packers on it? Ooh. Well, my first check didn't come soon enough to answer that question. <laughs> so, no, this is, so this is a true story, right? So I, I, get, I, I don't have two nickels to rub together by the time I graduate college. And okay. <laughs> so, so I get drafted, but you don't get paid until after uh, like minicamp. Like, so you don't get any money from getting drafted. And so I go out to minicamp and, and my coach, all of us rookies, is like, here's the deal. You fumble the football in practice. You have to pay the, the pot a hundred bucks. And I had like 400 bucks at that time and, <laughs> and not joking. And so I've been practicing and I, I catch this ball and we're, we're like in a seven on seven drill and I run down the field, like down the middle. And, and the big thing was, you know, after you catch the ball finish and this, 
this cornerback uh, came up behind and knocked the ball. I'm, I'm like 40 yards downfield, <laughs> and and it knocked it out in front of me. Hopped one time, and I grabbed it back, and I was like, turned around, went back to the huddle, and nobody saw it. And so we're we're watching tape after lunch of the practice, and and they have two, they have a side angle and a long angle, and the side angle didn't show it. I'm like, oh, thank goodness, and <laughs> and the long angle, like literally. Right before they cut the tape off, you could see this guy hit it out. It didn't even didn't even show it landing. It just he hit it out, and so it went to the th- next thing. And then my coach rewinded it, and he's he's like three five. That's a that's a fumble. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So next day I had three hundred bucks, and <laughs> you held onto the ball. Oh, oh my goodness. And so finally, I mean, after to answer your question, the, it was pretty awesome. Like getting a, a, a signing check or, or whatever. And that happens right after uh, many training camps. So. And Green Bay, what, what's the city like? Um, it's, it's like a bunch of like just hard working, kind of like all the movies and everything you see, like the Packers are like the main thing going on and, and game day is like everything pretty much shuts down and, they have some really great golf courses, and that's about it. So, <laughs> how about a couple of other uh, uh, quick ones that I've never never asked you? What biggest takeaway from that the Fiesta Ball? Ooh, what's the one memory that sticks out to you from that incredible game? Um, well, truthfully, it's in overtime. I missed a tackle on Adrian Peterson, he scored, <laughs> but that's, just, we won't rewind that. Team. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Cut that off. So, um, no, I think, um, at the end, just the way our team battled at the end of that game, like the, cause the, it's like, it's one thing to be in like a, a shootout and they score, we score, they, you know, kind of one of those things, but we had that game locked up and they came back and they go up a touchdown and like mentally for our team to come back from that and, and like Chris Peterson to like the way he handled that and, and motivated our guys in, in overtime to do what we did there. Um, that was probably looking back on it. That was probably the most impressive part of the game, obviously being part of, you know, my last game as a collegiate athlete, being part of one of the greatest games ever. Uh, I can't, I can't even imagine being on the floor on the, on the, Build for it. I, I was in the stands and I don't know if you know Kent Nawahi, but good guy. And he got some tickets from someone that were really great tickets. And so I'm there with me and my son, who at the time was about 12, and we're sitting next to Kent. And that he was so nervous about the game that he wouldn't watch the play in the overtime. So he would sit down. He's a big Polynesian guy. Yeah. So he'd sit down with his head down in his, in, his, in his lap, just, you know, just praying for something good to happen. And then as soon as the play was over, he'd stand up and he'd grab me or my son and shake us and say, what happened? What happened? What happened? And then he'd do it again. <laughs> and so it's this memory of me and my, and at what point I couldn't even find my son and he was one row in front of us. It was just this, I mean, it was the greatest, it was the greatest sporting event I've ever attended in my life. And I, and I know it was so incredible. And, and so to, to, to remember you there and watching that game and what a memory. And, and then you got the Super Bowl. What's your... What's your memory of the Super Bowl? What would you say about that? I mean, not many people that have had, I mean, think of these sports experiences you've had. Sure. No, I, I've definitely been fortunate to be on some, some really awesome teams. Um, the Super Bowl, obviously, you're, you reach the pinnacle of, 
of what you do, right? The pinnacle of football and to be part of that and, and to win. Um, it was awesome experience. I, you know, it, it started off, <laughs> it's kind of funny. So we, we played in the, the new Dallas stadium and it's got a jumbotron, like the Paylocity building size. And it's so like opening kickoff. And I, I'm like one of the lead special team guys. And, and we, let's see, we, we started on defense and <clears throat> so run or uh, do kickoff or, or let's see. Yeah, we did a kickoff return. And anyways, um, at one point early on in the game, I'm sitting here and I'm kind of looking up at the jumbotron. It's like, it just kind of like, it on TV. yeah, like I, I'm sitting on the bench and, and all of a sudden I hear this like punt return and, and they're like, we only got 10. I'm like, punt return 10. Whoa. <laughs> and I ran out there and, and like, I got out there in time. And I'm like, wow. Like I'm sitting there talking to myself, like, get it together, dude. You're in the Super Bowl. You're watching the freaking jumbotron on the sidelines. <laughs> and so then finally got clocked in and, and uh, it, I mean, obviously the, the game was awesome, but the best part of that was at the end of the game, you know, the, the confetti falls and, and my wife and, and family were all down on the field. And I remember at one point we just sat on the, on the bench on the sideline and just kind of took everything in and just watched like nobody was talking or anything like that. Like we were just sitting there just, just watching. And it, that was probably one of the, the best feelings um, as far as sports goes um, that I've been a part of. Back to Tommy's point about uh, the Fiesta Bowl. You know, you were coached by Chris Peterson as a young man several years ago. Now you're maturing. You're becoming a man. Uh, your thoughts on Chris Peterson? Um, I think Chris Peterson's amazing. Um, you're, you're probably never going to hear me say anything bad about that guy ever. I, there's actually a story. I have a lot of um, a lot of the reason some of the things in my life happened for me we were because of him uh, a lot of people don't know this but so part of the reason i got drafted as a fullback um chris peterson and mike mccarthy ga'd together at pittsburgh university way back in the day and pretty sure that chris peterson called them up and laid it on the line and said i was his guy and they I didn't take one offensive snap in college and they drafted me as a fullback in the wow. sixth round. So I don't have any bad things to say about Chris <laughs> Peterson. No, we were looking for a good thing, but yeah. uh, that, that's it right there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one thing that, you know, as I get older and, and have been in different places and, and on different teams and, you know, BSU, Green Bay, New Orleans, ESI, BVA. I, I think that everything we do is about relationships and it's, you know, the relationships that you make places and you never know, like later on in life, like, like the Chris Peterson, like how that could help you out. And like, I'm not somebody that wants to burn a bridge anywhere I go, just cause you never, you never know how life's going to turn out and, and what's going to happen. And I, I think the industry we're in now with development and construction and a lot of the, I think part of um, why I'm good at what I do is because like subcontractor relationships and, and being able to work with people and be fair in a business that's tough. And we have to have a lot of hard big boy conversations, but 
we can stick to the facts and, and be fair in a lot of those. I think um, everybody seems to come out on top. And and even if they don't, I, I think everybody can still respect each other, even if you do have a disagreement. But. What about your, your mom and dad? I haven't met them yet, but they just so proud of you for everything you've done so far in your life. And tell me what it's been like for them as, as parents through this. I, I think, uh, <clears throat> my dad's like this, he's just like an old school farmer in Glens Ferry. He likes to sit at his house, doesn't like to leave the farm, you know, <laughs> like coming to Boise, he's like, like driving to New York city for him. And <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I think um I know they're proud of me and um I think while I was in B, at BSU in Green Bay, I, I think there was a lot of fun times. There's you know, just in the community in general. My mom was like semi famous downtown. She has a, a sal- uh, like a hair salon downtown Glens Ferry and so she <clears throat> I, I think she got more publicity than I did, but <laughs> but uh I, I still, I mean, we're down there quite a bit and, um, at our place in Glensbury and, um, get along with them really well. And, and same thing, I have two older sisters. And so that part of it's good families, uh, real important to us. And, um, it's, it's going good. Yeah. We hear so much and we cheer so much about the impact, the collisions, physical game, big time fullback, linebacker, blocking. Can you share with us that experience and how it took a toll on you, Corey? Um, I think running down on kickoff in the NFL is about like getting in your car and like just purposely hitting a light pole doing about 30. It's with no seatbelt on. It's, it's, yeah, you got to watch where you're going. Um <laughs> No, it's definitely like the the fullback, linebacker, lineman, you know, those, all those positions in the trenches, you know, they have a short shelf life. Um, I'm good buddies with John Kuhn. I, for a while I was giving crap, but I'm like, are you just going to play forever? Cause there's, there's no way, you know, when I, when I retired, it was cause I was just starting to get banged up and get stingers and, and, you know, had a couple mild concussions and I just, I didn't want to be that guy that was just hung on too long and, and was just banged up and couldn't do anything after that. I mean, you think about it, at that time, I'm, I'm 29 years, 30 years old and you, know, you still have a lot of life left that doesn't involve football and to try to stick it out for another year or two and kind of get to that point. Is it worth it? And for me, I, I, after I got released from New Orleans, I went out to Arizona for like two days and I went through their practices and I was just banged up. And, and, uh, my wife, Jen was, uh, pregnant at that time. And I just, I just decided, you know, do I want to come out and have her live in a hotel for the season? And, and I'm banged up and is it, is it worth it? The money's great that, you know, the lifestyle's great, but there's gotta be a point where there's, it's time to move on. and and it's weird. I was talking to Jen on the phone when I was sitting in a hotel in in Phoenix and I was like, I think I'm done. And she's like, good, come home, honey. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm coming home. And it's uh, I called my agent up and I'm like, Hey, I think I'm done. He's like, no, no, you, you can't do that. I'm like, 
Well, I'm just, I started explaining it to him. Like, well, I just, you know, I can't play the game. Anymore. No, this is, this is unheard. I'm like, I don't, why am I explaining this to you? I'm, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> so, I guess you'll send me, you'll send me a voided contract when I get home. But yeah, it's, it was just time for me. <clears throat> well, Corey, I think it's, uh, gosh, there's so, there's so much. To learn from sports and how that translates to business life, and, and now we have you here. Um, so much that to, to learn from you too through all your life lessons. We appreciate being here. We'll ask you one more question. Um, I'm interested to hear what you say. But what 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 inspires you in your life now? What what where do you get your inspiration from? Um, I, I think right now, um, actually, my wife and I were talking about this. It, we're in a really good place right now. Um, you know, just everything, our, our kids are starting to get old enough where we can go do stuff. And, and we have a little, uh, got a little cabin a couple of years ago. We enjoy doing that and being outdoors and, and, and then like career wise, I, I think, um, like I was at ESI for six years and, um, I kind of moved up, um, through like from a PE into a project manager. And, and I like, it's rewarding to me to, to be good at my job and, and try to be the best at my job. And, and I think part of that for me is, is looking around, you know, people read, um, like self, uh, development books and go to seminars. And one thing for me, I like to do is like, you go into a, to an environment and like a, a job site or, or a sports team or coaching or something like that. And you look at guys, like that guy's killing it. What is, what's he doing better than everybody else? How is he setting himself apart or how is she setting herself apart? And like just identifying, it could be something completely different. Like you look at somebody like Kristen Armstrong, you know, what's, what's she doing right now that, that um, draws people to her and, and, and why is she so successful at what she's doing right now? And um, that's kind of the way I, um, try to get better at what I do is, is, uh, identify strengths in other people. And like, you know what, that would, that would work for me. I want to try that. And I think, uh, you know, in the last few months taking this, uh, the job with BVA here and, um, working with Tom senior on the construction side, I'm really excited about this opportunity just because it's, it's essentially, you know, we're, we're building this construction side of things that is, it's almost like a, a ground up, so to speak. And, but it, but it's, but there's still a lot of stability in it and we're still, we're working with a great team and, and we have whatever support we need. And so it's every day it's, um, you're, you're still learning. It's, it's a little bit different than, than what I was doing as a project manager. It's, it's like, really, I was, we just hired a, a kid, um, yesterday, actually, and I was telling him, um, you know, it's it's essentially you're a true project manager. Like you're going to budget it. You're going to bid it. You're going to run it. You're going to do the closeouts on it, manage the change orders. And, and that part of it's cool. And, you know, I, I think we're still at a point where <clears throat> we need to develop some, some infrastructure to, to be as efficient as we probably can be. But um, right now that's, that's what's driving me is, is being part of this team and, and having the opportunity to help, be a part, like build something um, like BDA. That and ping pong. That and ping pong. Yeah, my ping pong game there needs a goes. little <laughs> needs a little help. I, as competitive as you are, wait to six months. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a different story. Yeah. I was 
I was watching Holt the other day. I was like, okay. That's, <laughs> how can I apply that to my game? That's yeah. well, Corey, thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. It was awesome. And we want to thank everyone for listening to these. I was going to say the Strive for Excellence, the Inspire Excellence podcast. And remember, strive for excellence, everyone. You've been listening to the Inspire Excellence podcast. We invite you to find something that inspires you this week. Join us again for our next episode.